his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So one of the goals we have every day is to make uh, memorable radio, and we certainly did that in the uh, first uh, part of the show today. We invited Elliot Payne, who is the president of the Minneapolis City Council, on for a couple of different topics, one of which we didn't even get to, but one of the main one was decorum at Minneapolis City Council mm-hmm. meetings. We've seen videos of people screaming at each other. And again, it's mm-hmm. not exclusive to Minneapolis. It's a, a problem uh, at many bodies of government. But we were arguing whether or not, you know, do we want that in people? Where do the emotions get the best of us? And and then you, rightly so, wanted to ask him about the resolution that the city council passed mm-hmm. as their first Israel and order of business. And mm-hmm. um, we and it became very heated, and it became obviously something that a lot of people reacted to. And before we replay that part of the, you can get the full interview, by the way, mm-hmm. on the podcast if you subscribe to the Adam and Jordana podcast. But we're just going to play the part from where you start to ask him about that. And before we play that, is there anything that you want to say before we play it? Uh, no, I, I I felt that we have asked many city council members to come on and talk about this. And, and others, by the way, and others. Was, we, and other people, end. yes. Ilhan Omar, we've we've asked lots of people to come on and, and talk about this resolution. We haven't gotten a good response. So I felt compelled as my duty as a constituent here and as a Jewish American and somebody who supports Israel, meaning a Zionist, supports Israel's right to exist. I needed to ask him about it because the resolution, as I see it, is um, anti-Semitic. It's filled with things that are untrue. And was really an insult to the loss of life that Hamas committed on October 7th when this, these terrorists invaded Israel. So I felt compelled to ask him about it, and I did. Before we let you go, we in Minneapolis have a lot of problems. You guys have a big job. There are a lot of issues. I have to tell you how disappointed and disgusted I was that the city council's first order of business was... A resolution on Israel that contains lies. Can you please explain to our listeners and to me, a Jewish citizen, a Zionist who lives in Minnesota, 
why the city council felt they needed to add not even a resolution that immediately demanded the release of the hostages up front, but why the city council spent so much time. The first order of business was to talk about Israel in a resolution filled with misinformation and lies. Well, as a self-identified Zionist, do you understand the difference between being a Zionist, being Jewish, and being Israeli? Probably better than most people. So at first I would push back and say it did not have lies. We referenced everything in our um, in our resolution. I'll also say we absolutely called on uh, the re- release of hostages. I'll say that we also absolutely condemned uh, Hamas and we have to separate out whether or not a city council has a voice in international politics and whether or not people agree with the ceasefire in, in Gaza. And so if we take those two issues separately, uh, on the first, Minneapolis has a long tradition of doing resolutions on international issues, whether it's um, condemning the war in Iraq, condemning war in Iran, uh, you know, calling out atrocities in Sudan. There's a huge litany and body of work that the city council takes up. When we see injustice in the world, we use our voice at the local level to uplift our community who is either directly impacted by by those atrocities or who want to see a voice that represents their pain. So that's, that's, that's on the first piece. On the second piece, Conflict in Israel is so sensitive. It impacts so many people. Um, The unique vulnerability of Israel has always been part of its foundational beginning. And I think we have to decide, both on an individual level but at a society level, when we see injustice in the world, should we be silent or should we speak out? I felt that I wanted to speak out when I saw the type of um, con- the way that conflict was being conducted did not sit well with me on a personal level. Now, could we spend time crafting the perfect language to get at all of the complexity and nuance of that conflict? We could spend that time doing that. I don't know that there's enough time and enough pages to really capture the entirety of that complexity. And so it's about a balance of speaking out when you see injustice in the world and not getting so stuck on the language that you can't you can't take action. And so I'm sorry, sir, that's a terrible answer. You you're saying you have misinformation in your resolution, but you don't have the time to fix it, yet you made it your number one priority. That is not an okay answer for me. Or I, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. I'm just going to say me. I think this was such a shameful resolution. Uh, again, it did contain lies. It talks about a 75-year displacement of Palestinians, a, a 56-year illegal military settler occupation of Gaza. There are no Israelis in Gaza and haven't been there for decades. There are lies in here. And the fact you didn't mention the hostages, which is what caused this conflict until the third to last line of the resolution. When you see injustice in the world, you don't even start with the injustice of how hundreds of people were kidnapped by a terrorist organization. You talk about a ceasefire in favor of a terrorist group. I know 
that we're out of time. I wanted to give you an opportunity to answer in a way that might be acceptable. But, sir, that was a terrible answer, and I completely disagree. And I feel that the people who represented the hostages at your city council meeting were disrespected. They were shouted down. You talk about keeping the peace in your organization and talking civilly. The people that I know that were there representing the hostages were not treated fairly. They were treated unsafe. We want a return of hostages, and we will get a led with of that, hostages then. with the ceasefire. And we absolutely lead with returning the hostages. That is the point. You don't. I'm looking at the resolution. You don't. You don't. We the call hostages on a aren't mentioned and the a return end. of hostages. That's what's most important. That's when I say we can't get we can't trip over ourselves when we are trying to lobby our federal officials. We need to make sure that we're clear in our language. We want a return of hostages. And a ceasefire. That 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 much is very clear in our resolution. And I think, and I would hope that we both agree on those two items. We agree with the return of the hostages, and then there can be a ceasefire. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you very That's much, Elliot. Place to stop, Elliot. Yep. Thank you very much. We appreciate it, Elliot Payne, uh, president of the uh, Minneapolis City Council. Bravo. Uh, I'm sweating listening to that again. I am very passionate about this. And thank you for the opportunity, Adam, to ask him about that. I felt I need to represent (laughs) those that did feel shattered down at that city council meeting. And I also felt the need to clear it up. The fact is there are lies in this resolution Mm -hmm. and it does not do what he says it does. It doesn't mention if, if his goal is to release the hostages, it mentions that third line to the bottom. You know, again, it doesn't do what he says it does. And and if his excuse is we didn't have time to get the proper wording, sir, you have all the time in the world because this resolution does nothing. It has no teeth. It impacts nobody except trying to sow division in the people of Minneapolis, as was obvious during the city council. And if you wanted more time, you can have all the time in the world to craft the proper resolution with the proper education behind it. Because, like I said, it's not didn't need to be passed on the first day of their meeting. Yeah, the cop the 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 time is a that's a cop out. I mean, if you if you're not going to take the time necessary to actually uh, devolve into or go into the complexities of the issue, then you shouldn't do it in the first place. Which is my argument. Which was my argument. No matter what side of this you feel you're on having a city council um, do this as a first order of business mm-hmm. is really a shameful thing. And, mm-hmm. and I get, I mean, I understand his, I understand where they're coming from. I don't agree with it, but I understand where they're coming from based on the people that voted them, voted them into office uh, that the constituency that they're representing, but you I have a point in that, and it's a good one that should not be overlooked by any means, is that they're ignoring a whole other group of people and and, Mm -hmm. and being offensive uh, to a whole other group of people. And that Mm -hmm. I'm glad you had the opportunity to do that because you're right. We've tried to reach out to many people. about, And this isn't, you know, we've obviously had many pro-Israeli guests Mm -hmm. on, as you know this, because you've uh, secured a lot of those guests. That isn't to say we haven't tried to get people from – for lack of a better term, the other side here to talk about real issues. That is not the goal here. That is not is to present only one side. We want to hear both sides. But also, it's not a situation where we just interview someone and, okay, you just tell us whatever you want and then we'll react. Right. No, we we have the We're ability to challenge mm-hmm. 
uh, those ideas too. And you, I think mm-hmm. you did it very well. I don't think I know the, uh, the vast majority, by the way, of texts that we got were in support of you. There were a couple that said you were rude. I don't agree mm-hmm. at all. I thought you were very respectful because I, the, and when you were that passionate about something, it is a very difficult line to walk to not let those emotions get the best of you. And I think you did it. I, 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 I applaud you for that. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, when I say there's misinformation, there is a lot of misinformation out there. It's flooded with social media. There is propaganda. You know, the bias against Israel, which is one of the most, <laughs> they try to fight wars in a moral way. They drop leaflets. They tell people to evacuate. They just opened, I believe it's the Karen crossing through an Israeli crossing, not even an Egyptian border crossing, to add hundreds and hundreds of more trucks with aid. I urge people, I know this isn't your fight. I know you may not be educated about this, but I have a lot of information on my Instagram page, at Jordana Verde. I try to do a lot of education about the background, about the indigenousness indigenousness of Jews, of Israelis, to that land. I try to do education about Hamas, who is stealing aid from its people, about the UNRWA employees that are members of Hamas that were supposed to be a peacekeeping organization, about the bombs that are constantly lobbed into Israel, even when they're calling for a ceasefire. They have never stopped rocketing Israel in random places. And of course, about Israel's efforts to try to get civilians out of harm's way, because if they wanted to commit genocide, they would have. That word has been co-opted. The word was created post-World War II in one of the worst genocides, if not the worst genocide, which was called the Holocaust. What is happening now in Gaza is not a genocide. If Israel wanted to kill all of them, they could have the first day. They do not want to do that. They want to save the people that want to live in peace. But the people that are Hamas need to be gone. And the hostages need to be returned home. That is the most important thing. Friends, if Hamas returned the hostages and surrendered their military wing, this would all be done. So people that are calling for a ceasefire, please call for the return of the hostages so this can be done. Thank you for letting me share, Adam. 1121, uh, your reaction, 651-461-9226. Jordana, what do you mean indigenous? Even if all the Jews around the world somehow indigenous after never living in Palestine for thousands of years does not change the facts that Zionists did displace the native population that was living there 100 years ago. And Israel, Israel continues to abuse them now. That is not true. Jews have been living in that space for thousands of years. See, friends, you have been sold a bill of goods. You have been sold misinformation. Jews have always lived in that space. Arabs have too. And it was not a peaceful place. Trust me, it wasn't like it was Kumbaya before 1948. But Jews have always been living there. Mm -hmm. Friends, do you understand that 20% of Israel's population is Arabs? You know who made, uh, and they are Israeli citizens. They have representation in the Knesset. Do you know who they are? In 1948, when the Palestinians, there weren't Palestinians before, but they were, the Arabs were offered a state and the Jews were offered a state, the Jews accepted. The Arabs did not. 
And what they did was fight against the people who now were given their own space. The at the time, the the Jewish people said, if you stay here and live peacefully, you can stay here. If you want to fight us, then we're going to have to fight you and we're going to try to drive you out. And that's what happened. The 20 percent of the of the Arab population of Arabs that are currently living in Israel that are Israeli citizens were people that chose to stay and live in their homes in 1948. They still have their homes and they still live there. The people that fled or went to Jordan as Palestinian refugees, which Jordan absorbed back then, were the people that did not accept the Jewish state, the part that was the Jewish state. So when you tell me we threw them out, no, they were offered to stay. I'm sure it wasn't as peaceful. It was wartime because the Arabs invaded uh, right after the partition plan was created by what was formerly known as, you know, was the UN today, what was formerly known as the League of Nations. But there don't it, it that didn't happen. Jews didn't show up and throw them out and take over. Jews were living there. And then the ones that were thrown out of Europe and came from concentration camps emigrated there and lived in the places that the League of Nations created for them. And by the way, the Palestinians or the Arabs there that said, okay, we will live with you side by side. They became Israeli citizens. They are now happily living with with their vote and all of their freedoms that they are entitled to, which is the right to vote, the right to own land, the right to be gay, the right to get married mm-hmm. in Israel. So, so friends, do the proper research and learn. Don't pretend the Jews came in and kicked everybody out. That is a lie. I think, too, and, this is, and I include myself in this, and I think a lot of people who have a feeling that, you know, and you've said this beautifully, too, and I, that we don't want innocent people to die. It doesn't matter no. if they're Israeli no. or Palestinian. And I think there's a certain fear that some people, when they speak out, they get labeled as anti-Semitic or somehow against Israel when they even just express the view that I just don't want innocent people to die. Can you address that? Me neither. Yep. Uh, yes, very, I, I agree. I agree. I, I don't. Nobody wants innocent people to die. But everybody has to remember who started right. this war. Yep. Hamas invaded Israel, Correct. killed over a thousand people, took 150 hostage. Had they not done that, nobody would be dying. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is insane. And if Hamas, these terrorists, return them and surrender their military wing, everything will stop, okay? That's what Israel wants. They want their people back, and they want Hamas to surrender. They are a terrorist organization. Then everybody can go back. Friends, just because you start a war and you're losing doesn't mean you're the victim. Mm Mm-hmm. Hamas started this war. People need to remember that. And that was my really big problem with the, the, what we're talking about, the city council resolution. Yep. They barely mention, they, they don't mention the sexual violence, the rape and the torture of Israelis by these terrorists. They don't mention the hostages until three lines from the bottom. So people are yep. being sold a bill of goods. They're believing what they learn on social media. They're not knowing the true history And that is what is upsetting. The truth, friends, matters. And I am open to all sorts of um, solutions to this problem because there has to be a solution. I don't want people to die. But please educate yourselves if you're going to go and, you know, stand at a rally and not know which river or which sea you're talking about. Educate yourselves. 
Uh, boy, we kept it nice and light on a Friday. I'm sure appreciate Sorry. that going into the weekend. You know, you know us, you know, well, the zany antics. <laughs> Let's take a break. Let's do this. Take a, we appreciate the calls. We appreciate the texts. They're flooding in. We read them all. Uh, and we appreciate that. This is a give and take uh, the show. But we'll take a break uh, because our, our, my friend of yours, David Josephson, uh, he's uh, over in the woods somewhere and about to do something that none of us would uh, attempt. So good on him to do that. So he'll join us after uh, traffic and weather on News Talk 830 WCCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I know we want to get to David Josephson and where he is and why he's ditching us today. But, Adam, how was the dentist? Oh, I'm talking to you with completely false teeth today. So I went well. Ah. They pulled all my teeth, and I got these new veneers. They're whiter than white. No, uh, it wasn't too bad, actually, although I do have a lot of work to do to get caught up. Let's just put it that way. So I'll have several appointments coming up over the next couple months. No, uh, no root canals needed. No root canals. Great. But a couple of fillings and a crown needed. So. Okay. Not as bad. Well, that's better than yeah. you thought. And I said, when I come back, do I get the gas? And they're like, oh, yeah, you can get the gas. So. And did they put you out yesterday for it? No, too? no. It was just a series oh, okay. of uh, pictures and examinations. So. Okay. Okay. Well, now let's get to get on to DJ because DJ is absent today, but yet for a very good reason. DJ, where are you, my friend? Well, hi, guys. I miss you today, but I am currently in Hayward, Wisconsin. Oh, beautiful. This weekend is the 50th annual American Berkbiner in Mm -hmm. Hayward, Wisconsin. The race is usually from Cable, Wisconsin, to Hayward. It's a 50-kilometer race. It's the biggest cross-country ski race in America. Uh, Last year was 14,000 skiers total and this year i think the number is about the same it's a little different this year because of the snow conditions so they have snow that's my question is there there any snow well no there's no there is (laughs) like a little bit on the ditch and that's it so instead of what the hell are you gonna do they yeah well they have a man-made loop a 10 kilometer Uh, man-made loop up in cable so it's a little weird because usually it's like snow on main street in hayward and you're skiing through but it's a little different this year but tomorrow we'll head up the cable and we'll ski sort of a, a modified Berkebiner race tomorrow. 
Have you are you going to the fi- Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame? I know Jordana is a frequent visitor to the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame <laughs> in Hayward, Wisconsin. It's huge. Well, I thought somebody said we passed like the Muskie Hall of Fame or the Muskie yeah. Museum. Is that the same thing or is that different? I think that's different. The Freshwater Fishing Hall of oh. Fame is in Hayward, Wisconsin, where they do have replicas of all the, uh, I think, U.S. Oh. Uh, record catches. Uh, but yeah, that's Muskie yep. territory up there. So I'm sure there is a Muskie uh, Museum as well. And I think Jordan is a member uh, no, of that one too. I am, yeah, yes. lifetime yeah, membership. I think there's, there. a, we, I get there's a point. There's a plaque on the wall of Jordan up there. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. David, so we haven't talked really about this. Is this, uh, 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 and I know the answer, but you've been training. How much training has has gone into this, and how long, for those of us who don't know, is the Berkabiner? And you know, what do you have to do? Is it just the cross country skiing aspect of it? Yeah, so traditionally the Berkabiner is a 50-kilometer race. They have both a classic um, practice or a skate ski, which is like the more modern version, which is what I do. And so 50K, so it's, you know, think of it as like the marathon of cross-country skiing. I did it last year for my first time ever. I was in like the final wave. I'm with all the newbies, and it took me a little over five hours to complete um this year yeah. i've tried to train a little better and get a little more experience and uh the race is shortened this year because of the snow but i was hoping to cut that down by a half an hour or something now there's also like elite skiers including jesse diggins the gold medalist who's from afton minnesota is up here skiing the Berkeminer for the first time ever she will do the complete 50k tomorrow albeit laps of 10k each and she'll finish the whole race in probably just over two hours, depending on the condition. So just a little bit faster than I will. But, yeah, it's something yeah. that um, I started training uh, as soon as the trails were open uh, the last week of November. And they've made uh, they make snow at both Theater Worth and Elm Creek and a few other places in the Twin Cities. And I've been trying to be out on snow training for this three times a week since. Uh, late November. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I've never done a marathon, but people that have done both compare this to a marathon in terms of the type of preparation and the length it takes to complete. Okay, why? Why do it? Sounds like a lot of work to me. Uh, I'll tell you why. Because winters in Minnesota are miserable if you stay inside. So to me, Uh, I I love to be outside in the winter, and you can be comfortable at any temperature skiing. I've gone out skiing when it's negative 10 and it's real cold at first, and you warm up fast when you're cross-country skiing because it is a complete full-body workout. So to me, so, to have a reason to be outside and in the snow all winter long makes it a season I look forward to. So do you wear one of those skin-tight outfits when you do it then? Oof! I need a picture. <laughs> That's a good question. No, I don't. You I'm don't? I'm not that serious. Uh, no, no. Oh. No, I wear, like, windbreakers and a and a but you're in shape you could actually get away with that i couldn't but you could please (laughs) shove a sock somebody would take a picture and then jordana would share it on her instagram shove a sock in the front shove a sock in the front a little little impressive like oh look at that guy (laughs) speaking of berkabiner there he goes yeah you knew Uh, we were gonna go there you knew we were gonna go i did all right well how long are you out there you staying for the weekend like what's the sitch yeah, so it's actually an entire weekend full of events. There's oh, it five is. different okay. days of racing. So, like, today, a couple of the shorter races are going. There's a 10K mm-hmm. and a 20K race are happening today. Tomorrow will be all of the skate races. So the uh, the elite athletes go early in the day. The, uh, you know, normal people like me go tomorrow afternoon. And then the folks that are racing the um, 
classic practice will go on Sunday. And there was yesterday, there was a kids race. Today, there's a uh, expo. So that's where I am right now at uh, Hayward High School. You pick up your bib and then there's all sorts of um, exhibits and activities and giveaways and you can, you know, buy new skis and hats and all that stuff. So we're going to spend some time here and then uh, right. visit downtown Hayward where there's a few more activities and events and things like that. Henry Lake just texted me. He says the Berkey is unreal. Now he was at, uh, yes, he's, he's got a love of this uh, cross cut. He was out at the uh, world cup too, as you were. Well, Henry, Henry said yeah, that Gus right. Schumacher who, who won the wor- the, the cross country world cup last weekend, he's racing in the Berkebiner and he joined Henry on Wednesday. Oh, nice. First Amer- So yeah. go, yeah. go to Henry's podcast and take a listen to that. First American, I think to win the world cup since 2013, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that. Can you believe it? Let that? me tell you, though, it, it's extraordinary to have. I mean, we are in true, like, small-town northern Wisconsin. This is not, like, a very populated no, area. No, no, and these two no, towns no. of Hayward and Cable um, get descended on. Now, I said the number. It's, it's around 14,000, 15,000. That's skiers. And, like, in my crew, there's two skiers and eight other participants. So the total number of people up here, I don't know. It's got to be. 50 or 100,000 or something, and, and they descend upon these towns, and um, the, the race course is, is full of people cheering on, holding signs, ringing cowbells. It's an extraordinary event that, you know, it, it's almost mm-hmm. like what you would see as a, a parade in downtown Minneapolis, but we're up in the middle of the north woods of Wisconsin. What's the difference between a Berkebiner and a Vasilopet? What? Uh, it's just a, that's a good question. It's just the name of the race. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't think I have the proper answer to that, but it's just a different. The Vasilopet is a yeah. different ski race that's okay. held in Mora, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a different, different, it's, different race. All right. I'm just I'm more of a Vasilopet guy. That's all. That's yeah. No big deal. <laughs> You've never been to the Vasilopet. You just made that up. Oh yes. I've been to Mora. Totally I've been to Mora, and I've been to Hayward, and I've been to Cable. Okay. My grand, my grandparents used to have a, a cabin in Cable, Wisconsin. Be- beautiful, beautiful country. Oh, well, there, yeah. Yeah. Next year, you guys can come up and cheer me on. Sure, you bet. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should this do the show. This would have been the year to go. We should have. We, we could have done the oh, show we from should. up there. Yes. Right, David oh, yes. Why not? Yeah, David could have worked. He could have made. He wouldn't have had to taken a day off. Worked and skied. Well, David, good luck. Good luck, we Dave. We can't yep. wait to see pictures with the sock and everything. Yep. And uh, you, you guys have fun oh, up get there. Get one with of the those fam. suits. Come on, get one of those suits. Okay, you get. You got to wrap it up. Your uh, Friday rewind coming up. It is coming up. Yes. And before that, yes, there he goes, Dave. But before we do the Friday rewind, and as we go to break, let's hear Jim Gaffigan's thoughts on cross country skiing. Jordana, would you like to hear that? So, so turn fun. me up yes. uh, there, uh, yes. Josh. Here's Josh. Uh, here's uh, Jim Gaffigan on cross country skiing. I mean, he's hilarious. So good too. Yeah, the he's, he's <laughs> the part where you're just moving. Yeah, yeah let's just do yeah. that instead of going downhill. Let's do that. I kid. I jest. I know they're like I the know. best athletes in the world. But yeah, yeah, good luck. Good luck, good luck to, to everyone yep. who's running that race, including our Dave. And he's right. He's producing from the Berkabiner. We will be back with the Friday Rewind. Uh, 11.50, that would be your Lindus Construction time check. Time to invest in Infinity for Marvin Windows. Right now, get 50% off installation labor. Labor. Remember, so, that, was, uh, that was Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, the uh, State Farm commercial. There you go. Oh, that was funny. That was funny. Uh, I will not be with you on... On the air on Monday, I am flying to um, Washington, D.C. with NMDP, formerly Be The Match, 
to for my first experience this you know i often call congress incompetent but i hope they can pull through on uh giving people time for leave if they want to donate blood or a transplant an organ or blood or stem cells to help save people's lives Mm -hmm. so it's my first experience adam i'm really have you ever done anything like that you know other than writing your congressman or calling your congressman have you ever i've only been to i've only been to dc very briefly it was a day trip and no i've never been in the halls of congress before and i cannot believe i haven't because i was a a civics nut and history nut and american history buff buff Mm -hmm. i say that loosely growing up Mm -hmm. And I've always been fascinated by government and politics and to not spend a significant amount of time yet in Washington, T is a complete failure on my part. And that needs to well, be I don't know about that. rectified soon. <laughs> well, maybe next year you can come with us. There you go. And we can. And I, I'm just excited about the experience and also to be lobbying for something that really matters. You know, something that saves lives. Right. You know, I'm not lobbying for like oil or or yeah, not terribly or, political. You know, something like right. that. Something Correct. that everybody Correct. should be able to get behind. Yes. So I'm really excited about that. But uh, we definitely had a big week, some of which I missed uh, because I was on vacation, not the least of which was uh, some dude calling you a scumbag. Oh, Is that yeah. right? That's right. That might. Uh, let's see if it made the Friday Rewind. Yeah. We welcome Todd Axtell into the conversation. Todd is a former uh, St. Paul police chief. As you consumed yesterday's news uh, as a former police officer and somebody who knows the job, what were your thoughts and how are you processing it? A lot of emotions, a lot of uncertainty, and uh, um, a lot of grief going on, not just with with the entire community and the entire state, um, but but our officers and our um, fire personnel and medics are really in a tough spot right now uh, across the state. Yet wearing that badge that only wears a, that weighs a few ounces is really really heavy under normal circumstances, but uh, under days like today, it's it's uh, extra heavy for sure. Uh, Tony is in a diner. Tony, go ahead. Yeah, the stigma with the officers has got to stop, and uh, we got to, you know, we're going to go to the Supreme Court. We're going to Derek Chauvin out on appeal. This is ridiculous what's going on with officers and these four other officers. It's horrible what happened. You talk about the parents of officers. Yeah. Tony, I got to push back though. I, I think Derek Chauvin is a completely different case, and Dar- and we can treat officers who uh, clearly made wrongful, if not criminal, mistakes. We can hold them accountable because you know what? Derek Chauvin doesn't give police officers a good name. I saw a cop doing his job that day and the four others and that poor woman in Brooklyn Park. What a shame what happened to her. Uh, Derek Chauvin will be exonerated. There were no bruises, right. bumps, or scars okay, on Tony. this man. He, he resisted arrest for an hour. You're a, you're a scumbag, Mr. Announcer. You're a scumbag. Okay, thank you, Tony. Have a great day. You did just a great job uh, memorializing the two officers and the uh, paramedic who was shot and killed yesterday, too. Bravo to you. All right, another day. Uh, it's a Wednesday, and another day Jordana's still off. Yep. Who knows where the hell mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. she is today. Hey! Hey! Oh, wait a minute. Not okay. I didn't see you walk in the studio, Jor. I didn't see you there. Well, you snuck in on me there. Welcome back. Because it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. There is a very different culture and value system, at least we noticed and the kids noticed in Spain, because many do a siesta, you know, in the late afternoon, and then everybody eats dinner very late. We also all got metro cards, and we used the subway and bus transportation. Also very safe, packed, packed.
packed because that's how people get around. Not everybody has cars or not a lot of people have cars. The streets are very small and windy, you know, very European. Yes. And and the public transportation was amazing. You can use Google Maps. It's super easy to figure out. Biden is forgiving another $1.2 billion in student debt. Robert does in Maplewood. Robert, you're up first. Go ahead. When I was 18, I went to a four-year private college. And, I mean, it was a wasted on me. The position I have, I wouldn't have if I didn't have that four-year degree. But all that said, after a few years, you know, if you've been paying for 10 years, I should just forgive the loan. Matthew in Blaine. Matthew. There seems to be some inequality about this thing. So let's say I know I can't afford college. So I get a loan to, you know, finance some equipment to start a lawn care company. Mm -hmm. Now, my taxes are paying off the loan of the guy next door who, uh, you know, spent all that money for college education to get his job. But my job is a lawn care company. But I still have to pay off my loan. And now my tax money is paying his off. It, it, It doesn't quite seem right to me. Can you give me Marjorie Taylor Greene's autograph when you're in Washington, please? Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? MTG, can you do it for me? Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure that we're not meeting with her, although I don't know who we're meeting with. But can you imagine, like, if I I had to, like, meet with her, Matt Gates, or... (laughs) I mean, hopefully these people could get behind um, donor leave, you know, giving people leave when they want to donate a life-saving transplant, organ or blood. But um, who knows? Oh my God, that would be kind of exciting if I did, Adam. So I don't, I, we get assigned when we get there to yeah. what groups we're going to go in. And really, like, I don't know anything. I'm just a silly talk show host, but I do know about having cancer mm-hmm. and a blood cancer. So that's really why I'm there. I'm just there to sort of um, tell my story and s- show how donor leave impacts because my guy had to take leave, fly to Florida, and to be able to donate his cells, had to take three days off of work. So. And got reimbursed and everything paid for, so it is important. And you'll do a wonderful job. I'm <laughs> sure you, you'll do friend. a beautiful job. A safe travels, and we'll talk to Thank you me. from there. Chad Harmon is up next. Stay tuned. And Twins Baseball tonight. 5 o'clock, Twins and Gophers. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.